morning, everyone. Thursday, 14th of April. We are, of course, just about to head into Easter for a long weekend. We have four, sorry, three four-day weeks on the trot, and this is the end of the first of them. And our market doing okay today. ASX up 44. What was going on overnight, Christopher? Good night in the US overnight. Thanks, Marcus. Dow up 344 points. Tech stocks even better with the NASDAQ up 2%. The big moving part overnight was this idea around peak inflation. And we saw the Fed Governor Waller saying that the March levels inflation and the CPI print recently this week might be, quote unquote, pretty much the peak. So that was what was placating markets and saw, as I said before, tech stocks rally. We saw US earnings season kick off. JP Morgan was the big result overnight. Their shares were down more than 3%. Numbers were a little bit soft, impacted by the Russia sanctions. And then outside of that, we saw commodities doing reasonably well. So oil up another 3.6% following on from the previous session solid gains. Thanks, Christopher. And I've written in the strategy piece, my first strategy point today is peak inflation, peak bond yields, question mark. The bond yield, 10-year bond yield in the US since the CPI number this week, the US 10-year bond yield has peaked and come off two days on the trot. And obviously, inflation has peaked and interest rates have peaked, then you go risk on and you start buying tech stocks and all this sort of thing. But let me just give you some of the headlines that are hanging around this morning, okay? If if you think this is peak inflation. Increase in PPI underscores tough inflation battle for Fed. China's widening COVID curbs threaten global supply chain paralysis. Oil traders to cut Russian oil purchases from May the 15th. Obviously, energy prices feeding into inflation. That's not going away. New Zealand hikes rates by 50 basis points, biggest in 20 years as inflation grows. And I I love this one. Uh, Apart from UK inflation hits 30-year high, more sensible one, but this one, Argentina's central bank hikes benchmark rates to 47% as inflation bite. And that's just headlines today. So I don't think we can really, even though I've used that as a strategy point and suggested maybe that's the post-it note needs to go on our screens today is peak paranoia. But you look at those headlines and you realize this Russian thing's going to keep pressure on prices for some time to come. I'll get to something else on the strategy piece about fertilizer prices, which are skyrocketing. And there's a food crisis in countries that usually import grain or fertilizer, including ourselves, from China and Russia. And that isn't going away anytime soon, nor are Russian sanctions. And then you've got the Chinese COVID issue. There is no reason to believe that we are out of the inflation problem yet, even though bond yields have gone down for two days. Sorry, I witter on. What else have we got? Ah, I'm on. Tom's away today. What's happening in our market? Well, today we've got jobs numbers. Got a bit going on, actually. Everyone trying to squeeze everything in before Easter. We've got an ECB interest rate decision and press conference. We've got in Australia, unemployment numbers for March. We've also got CPI expectation numbers for April. Uh, We keep putting those in the diary. I don't remember ever registering the relevance of an expectations number, but anyway, it keeps appearing on the diary. In the US tonight, the main thing is we've got results season having started last night. We've got Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley. So the the bank's results season gets going in the US tonight and the whole results season gets going. They also have retail sales, initial jobless claims, usual stuff. And we've got a couple of ex-dividends today, uh, New Hope Coal, NHC. And on the events today, we've seen Bank of Queensland. It's down 3.9% on first half results. First half results are up 38%, which is a more reflection of the last set of results than this set of results. But their net interest margin is down and their net interest 
interest income actually fell. So the market hasn't taken that particularly well. We've got Allchem, AKE, talking about tripling lithium production. They're up 6.4%. Eluca has been downgraded by Citigroup. They're down 2.2%. And what else? Transurban has had traffic numbers, hardly moved a little bit up. NetWealth has had some fun numbers. They're down 1.3%. Simic has confirmed guidance. They're unchanged on the day, and that'll probably do us for the moment. Right, Leighton, anything going on from brokers? Thanks, Marcus. Domino's, one of the forever stocks that we hold. Morgan's has an ad recommendation for it, but has lowered its target price to $100 just to allow for recent inflation pressures. But despite those price pressures, the broker sees upside to the current share price over the next 12 months, and the $100 target there implies a 26% upside. Medibank Private has been upgraded to accumulate at Ordminette, and this is just based on the current share price retreat with signs of a supportive claim environment and rising bond yields. The broker has lifted its target price to $3.50, implying an 11% return. Uh, Western Areas has been downgraded at Morgan. So Western Areas received an increased offer from IGO, and it's currently trading at around that offer price, which is about $3.85. But the broker has retained its target price of $4.45, which implies a 16% upside. And that's just ahead of results that they've got coming out at the end of the month. And there is a fair bit of commentary out around Eluca Resources with that planned demerger that they announced yesterday. Citigroup, as you said, has downgraded to a sell. But other than that, there was nothing too exciting from the brokers. They all seem to like the demerger and have said that it allows Eluca to focus on their core operations. They've all done some revaluations, which include about a 60 cent per share decrease. We'll have to wait and see where that one goes. And the average target price is $11.45, which is about 9% below the current share price. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Leighton. And Chris, what have we got going in technical trades today? Thank you, Marcus. The chart of the day is Champion Iron. It's one I have featured before as chart of the day. It's the, the people's champion, as I've called it. Just a really great looking trend, obviously, in the material space, leveraging those higher commodity prices. So uh, that's the chart of the day, but it's also theme Thursday. Now, I did a chart of the day yesterday, which was Elders and wrote at the time that I like agriculture stocks. And then we've had a really good conversation this morning on the desk. That's a great thing about Marcus Day. We have these conversations. And out of that has born the idea of launching the agriculture theme, which I will launch in the lunchtime edition of the newsletter today. So Elders, Grain Corp, and a few other stocks will be in there leveraging what Marcus was talking about earlier in terms of food inflation, food prices being on the rise, and a bit of a crisis in terms of fertilizers and things of that nature. So that will be the theme that I launched today. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Henry, what's going on in the sunny climes of rainy Sydney? Well, luckily, it has actually stopped raining, Marcus, uh, briefly. We're probably due for it in a minute. The sun has come out, amazingly. And the sun has come out very much for the uh, small cap portfolio, which is heading back towards record highs. Fabulous day yesterday with lithium stocks really cruising ever higher. And just following on from that Alchem announcement this morning, the interesting thing that they said is that they are aspiring to be 10% of the global lithium market. So that that is pretty significant. But the other significant thing that they talked about was this tripling of production. But interestingly, that tripling of production is not till 2026. So we still have four more years uh, where the lithium story and the lithium price, I suspect, is going to be at elevated levels. So they're going pretty well today. Other lithium stocks are going very well, late resources, etc. doing well. Uh, as far as the food theme goes, as people that follow my stuff will know, I've been in New Riser for some time. New Riser is the artist 
scientist formerly known as Lee Creek was trying to get a urea project off the ground in South Australia at Lee Creek. It changed its name recently, and that's changed its fortunes, along with the uh, fertilizer price helping, of course. And that's up to 25 cents now. So I think we bought that around 14, and it's suffered for a long, long time of going nowhere. But its day is coming. So that's good. Also today, just talking about Canada and the rate rises there, because that's an economy that's very similar to ours, half a percent yesterday, half a percent in New Zealand. So this is a happening thing. I just saw a Fed chief on CNBC saying that uh, they were doing a great job because they'd managed to push mortgage rates in the US up to 5%, which is up 200 basis points since they started jawboning interest rates up and the market was doing their work for them. Hence the slide in US housing. A little bit of a tip there that maybe ours will follow if it isn't already. That's it from me today. Thanks, Henry. And on all chem, we had a fabulous trade from the Russian bottom. We In 20 days, we made 29% in all chem. It's up another 9.6% since. But Pilbara Minerals, which we also made a 25 odd percent profit on in 20 days, uh, that's down 11%. So pick your lithium stock. Yeah. And all chem are very good. And you do get to pick this up if you follow a stock. All chem are very good at feeding the ducks, mm-hmm. which is constantly putting out announcements. Some companies bother, some don't, but they know whilst the ducks are quacking on lithium, keep feeding them. And that's what they've done. Right. I've got a few couple of strategy points. I've talked about peak paranoia on inflation, which we're probably not at. I've got a chart which I stole off investing.com, a website showing the expected earnings growth from sectors now that we've got into this US first quarter results season. And the obvious standout there is that the energy sector is expected to see a 252% rise in earnings first quarter this year on first quarter last year. And this is really the point. The other sector that's doing particularly well is materials, or if you cut out metals and mining, metals and mining. And it just makes the point, our energy companies and resources companies in the last quarter, especially with the Russian war, have been printing money on the back of higher commodity prices. So although I've said one of the biggest risks in the market is this sector tipping over, resources sector tipping over, it's certainly not happening yet. And as I say, the every day that goes past, their results are just being underwritten again and again and again. So expecting good results from them next results season. The interesting bit maybe for some of you or a little bit of a value add is just to look at the ETFs that are exposed to the resources sector. And I put a list of those in. Apart from fuel, which is global energy companies, F-U-E-L, there's a a crude oil ETF, which is OOO, which I I would tell you will put you to sleep. Uh, MVR is the Vanek Australian Energy and Resources ETF. OZR is the Spider ASX 200 Resources ETF. And QRE is the Better Shares ASX 200 Resources Sector ETF. So there are a few things to choose from if you don't want to play in individual stocks. All those ETFs tend to have much lower volatility risk and you can sleep at night if you just want to play the theme. The sectors, by the way, which aren't expected to do well, according to this forecast earnings is financials. And we saw that with JP Morgan down 6% overnight. And we'll see how Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup and Wells Fargo go tonight. But the suggestion is deal flow for US investment banks has dried up a bit. The other thing I had a look at was, is it time to travel? I noticed overnight Delta Airlines jumped 6% on results. And you sort of have to keep an eye on this sector because it's a recovery sector still. And I've had a look at the charts, have a look in the strategy piece. There's also another, I've started looking at picking up ETFs for you, but there's an ETF called the Airline Hotels and Cruise Lines ETF, 
not listed here. It's in the uh, US, but that is going nowhere. If you look at it, it's just going sideways. Delta Airlines may have had one good night, but the trend is still down. And I've looked at Qantas, Webjet, you'll see the charts, corporate travel. They're all going sideways. Plus, of course, who wants to fly over Eastern Europe at the moment? It's pretty much a no-fly zone. You've also got 25 million Chinese residents locked up, which isn't exactly good for Australian travel firms. And then, of course, you've got a mass shooting in Brooklyn, which doesn't exactly scream, let's go to New York and check out the gun violence. Sounds like fun. So good to be Australian, I think, sometimes, if not all the time. And if you've seen the photos of the Sydney airport this weekend, you'd be glad you ain't flying anywhere for Easter. So flying sort of not an activity worth the effort, in my humble opinion at the moment. It's so 2018 <laughs> to go flying on holiday. And then I've also listed the agricultural stocks on the back of the themes we've been talking about, record fertilizer prices. And I notice, apart from our stocks, there is, again, an ETF. I started checking out the ETFs this morning called Food, which is the better shares global agricultural companies, ex-Australia, so not including ours. Ours are tiny, we anyway. But the Food ETF is going off. Again, slow moving, but it is up from about $7 at the beginning of the year to $8.76. has just spiked a bit. If you wanted a low volatility exposure to the food sector, you could probably have a crack at that if you think this squeeze is going to stay for a long period of time. Right, that's about that. We are going into Easter. I will write a skeleton newsletter tomorrow, which will just cover what happened in the US overnight and say Happy Easter. And we'll be back next Tuesday. And so the question of the day today is, what are you doing for Easter? Chi-Chi, what are you doing for Easter? I'm going to have a city staycation since everyone else is going away. I'm going to take advantage of a freer, clearer, quieter Melbourne and try and spend some money in the city. There you go. Keep the retail world alive. <laughs> Leighton, what are you up to? I'm heading down to Torquay for the weekend with my friends. We go down there every year, but we've missed it for the last couple of years, you've obviously. Got, you've got friends, Leighton. Yeah, surprisingly, I do. Yeah, with that moustache, anyway. Yeah. Bit of, yeah, bit of rest and relaxation, come back fresh next week, ready to go. Fabulous. And Christopher? I'm off to Inverloch with my family, my wife and my two beautiful boys to do some camping down there. So that should be fun. Bit of, I'm... Bit of deprivation does you. Yeah, well, yeah. Good. Turn the phones off, turn the laptops <laughs> off, turn everything off and uh, I'll be away next week. So um, yeah, be back the week after that. Good stuff. And Henry, you are, I believe, heading into Broken Hill where I was in a thunderstorm about three weeks ago. I am indeed. I'm heading over to the Monday, Monday Plains just outside Broken Hill for the music festival that's taking place next weekend. So we've got camper van and we're heading west. We've got ourselves a convoy as well. We've got a couple of walkie-talkies, a couple of friends going. So it's going to be fun. Two vans and uh, yeah, what could possibly go wrong? I, I, I hope you've specked up on your, who was it who's, who uh, sang the song? It was Chris Christopherson saying, we've got us a convoy. No, no it wasn't Chris Christopherson. through the night. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't actually. It wasn't actually Chris Christopherson. It was another guy, and actually, he died last week. He was ninety-two, I think. Oh, um, so he yeah. went breaker, breaker. Yeah. 
All right, so orange light and blue and white coming at you. Got your ears on. Come back. Got your ears on, good buddy. <laughs> so you have a bit of fun with that, Henry. And I, of course, will be working all of next week with Leighton holding the fort. And this weekend, I have got four rounds of golf booked oh, in oof. with my dislocated shoulder. We'll see how that goes. Emma keeps telling Thankfully, us. Thankfully, I'd imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's restricted my driving, you know, from I can't hit 280 meters anymore. I'm hitting sort of 250 now. Excuse <laughs> you got to hit them straight, it. remember. That's it. Have a uh, fabulous Easter, everybody. We will, those of us who are working, we'll see you back here on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Well done, to Henry. Uh, Breaker 19, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Well, yeah, 10 4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big 10 for there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. It was the dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I-10, about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pigpen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. Cause we got a little-